Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, everybody, we're back again this week for a special mini episode. So we can cover the trailer from The Mandalorian, which was released at D23 a couple of weeks ago. My name is Steve Baldwin, and with me, my partner in crime, Scott Ivansky. Hey, Steve. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to break this trailer down. We've been talking about it for a while on the show now. Um, we finally get a chance. Missing some of the guys here tonight, but we'll get a chance to talk to them a little bit later on the yeah. next recording. We're a little overdue on this. Today is Sunday, September 8th. And uh, when was D23? It's two weeks ago Two now? weeks ago, I think. At least. Two yeah, and a half weeks August ago. Yeah, August 23rd or something like that. Somewhere so we're around. a little delinquent. We've been busy. You know, we work and stuff. Yeah, we, yeah, we got we got a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff to cover, and this is just another thing that's on that list of finally getting around to. So Absolutely. And it needs to be getting like oh, taken care of. Here. This is a huge Star Wars property. A lot of anticipation from Star Wars fans about this um, series and about Disney Plus in general, but this is, this is going to be a huge series for Star Wars. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that I can say this for each one of us that isn't on the show today we're all super pumped about this like this is one of those things all five of us got together on and and, uh basically feel the same way it's it's exciting time for for, once yeah we all (laughs) we all sort of uh uh are pumped up about this so i've got this queued up here and uh we are going to this is at youtube you can just very easily search the mandalorian official trailer from disney plus there's only 17 million views, so I have a I have a feeling if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen this trailer. Yes. Once or 10, 20 times at least, like us. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna we're just gonna roll the trailer here as we are want to do. Uh, we'll go shot by shot, um, and uh, so let's start from the very beginning. Here we go. All right, so I'm going to pause it there. So right off the bat, Scott, there's a huge, huge uh, tone that they're setting very early with with this trailer. Yeah. And that is, this thing is not your typical Star Wars property. This thing is not the hero's theme. It's dark. It's dark. Uh, Yeah, let's just get it right out in the open right away. We have probably some of the darkest stuff we've seen in the entire saga and that is stormtrooper helmets and heads <laughs> mounted on spikes now oh, normally that is an it's imagery that's gory in an, in itself mm-hmm. but we're actually seeing something we don't see too often in star wars and that's blood there's actual blood in some blood of those there? yeah look at that cracked helmet right oh. at the top you can see some blood coming oh, out of yeah, that right that front helmet yeah also, uh, please note the one at the bottom. There is a bullet hole going right, <laughs> right through the eyepiece right of eye. that stormtrooper helmet. Oh, man. So we're looking at a scene right here. We have a lot to talk about on this, but I'm mm. going to pop this in right real quick. If you back it up a couple frames, you'll notice it's not just the heads on spikes. They're laying in the sand and the dirt and what looks like yeah. a Tatooine-type town here right. or a spaceport. And those look like original trilogy-era stormtrooper helmets. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, let's get this out of the way as well. This clearly is stating that this is not an Empire-friendly village, town, or spaceport. They do not like the Empire's presence here. 
the heads on the spikes are probably the biggest giveaway. That for was that, a big giveaway, yes. <laughs> right. Lots of dead stormtroopers here. But that's a cool image, and I just noticed actually looking at this for the tenth time at least yeah. that the shadows of the helmets on the on the side of the building there. Yeah. Uh, the shadows of the helmets on spikes. That's pretty cool. Also, there is somebody there staring at the spikes off to the left of frame here. Mm, Looks that's like, not the guy that just walked by. I think it's the actual Mandalorian of the main series. Oh, here. okay. That yeah. just that strode by. Yeah? Yeah, I, th- I think okay. so. All right. Okay, yeah. we'll pick it up from here. Of course, you have the iconic Lucasfilm logo. All right, so yeah. I'm going to pause it here. So. I was going to say, this might be a good spot to stop. <laughs> yeah. So um, the next scene, we have uh, a ship which I think we learn or we can come to assume that that is the ship that is the Mandalorian, the titular character's ship, yes? Yeah. and Flying over this forest. So we mentioned before that some of the guys aren't on the show. Let's talk about this. We discussed this a little bit briefly with the guys before. I think Greg might have pointed this out that in a joking sense, Mm. this does look very much like the Firefly ship. Mm, Uh, If you are not familiar with that series, (laughs) please check it out. Um, It is very similar to yeah. that actual ship there. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool looking ship for sure. And then uh, so after the flight over the forest and the lakes, there's a river there too. Uh, you've got this amazing shot which looks like it's straight out of like Ralph McQuarrie's library to me. Oh yeah. Of this ship, the um, the Mandalorian's ship, uh, clearly in a Star Wars era or a, a Star Wars uh, Star Warsy town or whatever this is he's landed in it's very dusty very dark gloomy lots of gray here um there's a ship off to the side is this any particular model yeah i need to research it the angle of the ship is hard to tell but i will look into it to see if it's something we might have seen before or a variation of one i love this town i love the look at first it felt like a Tatooine town but Mm -hmm. if we're seeing this after the fly over the forest this is a very muddy dirty town i think there's some spots of water and and just junk in the in the debris in the foreground there uh but i do want to find out what that ship is that's off to the right kind of reminds me a little bit of an a-wing and a snow uh speeder kind of mashed up together yeah and actually with these uh there's like sheets of cloth like hanging over like shade cloth or whatever uh reminds a lot of black spire outpost actually it does disney is doing a great job oh my god what if this is black spire could and be. This, this could be a connection to the park. It could be. That would be wonderful. All right, let's go on. All right, so we have some deal happening here. So I'll pause this here for a second. So my kids that just watched Rocky saw the trailer and they're like, wait a minute, is that Apollo Creed? Yes. I'm like, yep. Oh, yes. That's Apollo Creed. It's so good to see Carl in this. I know. It's so great. What great casting. Okay. We, we're in the middle of this. We're going to talk about Carl Weathers, but I have to also just jump back to your Black Spire comment. Letting that roll through, yeah. that scene with the giant archway, mm-hmm. if you looked mm-hmm. off to the left, there are definitely Black Spire looking. Those domed buildings yeah. look like the bazaar at, yeah. at Black Spire Disneyland. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, that looks like the whole bazaar area. Yeah. It's got the same feel um, with the same sort of nondescript doorways and entryways, the shade cloth 
in various colors hanging over the domed buildings that of course are so Macquarie. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Okay. If this has been a secret that Disney's been holding on to, kudos Disney for like keeping that connection secret because no kidding. I hope this really does come through that we do get a little black spire action. That would be really cool. Yeah. It would be so cool to have them just visit, you know, familiar yeah. lands or, you know, I, I, I do like how they're weaving together the books and the lands and all of the, um, you know, there's there, Star Wars is such a deep and rich universe, um, and it's it's really cool when they make these connections. So, well, hopefully, yeah. it is Black Spire. That would be really cool. Yeah. All right, so we're moving on. Um, so we've got some game going on, or some deal going on here. Some chips are being exchanged for some coin or something. I'm going to say this is an exchange. Carl Weathers looks like he might be hiring him out mm. for a job, and those are credits, maybe Republic credits, or some sort of credit that is that is friendly to the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the people that are not friendly to the empire right um so you think the mandalorian is on the left here yes and carl is hiring him i think so hmm? look at the arm and the gloved hand that's off to the side that way off to the right of frame uh-huh that looks like carl yeah right and then it looks like he's making an exchange with the mandalorian that's the same outfit it looks like the the kind of tannish yellowish yeah. kind of color yep right there yep, i think you're right and then uh Looks like the hand on the left accepting the coin. They're putting the coins down. Is looks like there's a gauntlet of some sort on the arm. So yeah, could very well be, be the uh, Mandalorian. That gauntlet is going to come up extensively in this podcast <clears throat> here. I have some issues. I mean, not issues. I have some actual talking points about that. Actual talking points. Actual real. <laughs> not fake talking. Points. Not fake. real talking. This points. is not fake news, people. All right. So we're moving on past Carl. Let's uh, let's play <laughs> it again from here. Another great shot of uh, the ship flying over the desert landscape. And then we have what we can assume is the Mandalorian uh, getting his armor on. Right, He's got the gauntlet he's snapping onto his arm, if I can get there. Um, he's putting uh, some sort of a weapon or some ammo or something in his leg. Yeah. In like his calf. It looks like a, it looks like an ammo holder around his calf. Right. This this landscape shot flying over the desert is fantastic. Oh, I so love beautiful. when they can take something familiar and make it new and different. I yeah. love that concept of. I think there's a couple places in California that have this type of desert landscape, but on a much smaller scale yeah. to enlarge yeah. it and make that cracked desert look, but actual canyons. Yeah. Kind of makes me feel like this is what the the uh, Beggars Canyon kind of looked like back home. Back home, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I will say the CGI in this is pretty breathtaking. Yes, but there's one shot we haven't seen it yet. There's one shot I have an issue with. Okay, and so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Can't we'll wait get to get there. there. All right, so flying over the desert landscape, the Mandalorian is uh, getting geared up. He's uh, lowering the uh, the door, or whatever the hatch on the back of his ship. And he's going to start walking out. And uh, then we have some new characters that are introduced here. So there's a couple. <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about them in real time. But So we've got a uh, young lady in uh, with brown hair, like a brunette, uh, that I think is his partner. I've seen her in some shots that were released by EW. Yes. Um, um, battling put- alongside of, him, of the uh, Mandalorian. So I just posted these on our Facebook page, Steve. And I want you nice. to know that the special EW picture does have her pretty clear. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's her for sure. And it does yeah. look like they're teamed up and partnered together. Now there's yeah. more stuff we're going to talk about the partner of the Mandalorian in this. The armor looks different 
than some of the other shots that we've seen. Mm. This armor of him standing next to her is more silver with a little bit of a blue. This could be lighting, but more of a blue. And notice the gauntlet on his hand there has the little diamond. The little or on tri- the right hand, the green triangle. The triangle. Mm-hmm. So w- there is another picture I posted uh, that does have him fighting. We're, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, where he looks more like Boba Fett. His armor is more green, uh, yeah. gray. Does he have the green triangle there? And on here, he does have the green triangle. Like it. It's okay. dark, but it is there. Is that a lighting thing, you think, between blue, where he's more blue in the first shot and green later? Well, we're, let's get into that more, but I, I do want to say that if you look at these shots, he is very silver, yeah. very yeah. muted and plain gray tones and blue tones. You get to the other shot EW posted. This could be later on in the yeah, series. and that's outside. He is know, very the lighting, much... No. Like Boba Fett. Th- that's that is the color palette for Boba Fett. For right sure. there, the, the browns and the greens and the cream. Yep, a little bit of orange. The only thing that yeah. looks different to me, it's not as much. There's less yellow because Boba Fett does have some yellow by Return of the Jedi, mm. but it's his helmet. The coloring on his helmet stays mm. very muted gray and silver, mm. where everything else on his outfit has a very Boba Fett feel. The original Mandalorian that we we're familiar with from the original trilogy. Interesting. All right, so let's play this forward a little bit, Go at least get to the next scene here. Yes. So we, 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 there are some creatures in here besides his partner. Yeah. This new creature that's riding on another creature. Yeah, so this looks like the Mandalorian. This next shot is, uh, I don't know what what, uh, what race or... Um, <laughs> I'm not familiar. I want to say nationality, but that's not the right term. God, being fans um, and being knowing all this history and knowing all these characters, I honestly don't know what type of creature that that right. thing is and right what's there. he writing on are those the same that's the same um oh gosh it's not a uh on tatooine mm. what are the stormtroopers are writing on no those are not those are dewbacks these are right. definitely not that's dewbacks. not a dewback so if you look at closely at this creature it's got sharper teeth it's a smaller it's smaller it's in smaller for sure but the one laying down next to it that looks appears to be dead so here's the catch on this looks like it's bigger it looks like it walks on two giant hind legs and the arms in the front are not legs they're like Mm -hmm. it almost sits upright Mm -hmm. on two um, back legs yeah and I think there are a couple creatures that were used in uh, I'm gonna say the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones if you've got those visual Mm -hmm. art books Mm -hmm. they have something very similar to these these almost have like a frog amphibian type uh, style Almost creature. like a skin. The skin is like an amphibian. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So I'm I'm curious to see where they pulled this from. Again, if that's not a practical effect, the CGI on this is great. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, really cool. Uh, and then the last shot here, we've got what looks to be a Twi'lek. Yeah. Uh, female turning around and and uh, giving us a little wink. Giving us a little sort of a nod or a wink. Yep. And you can't really make out. Uh, where she is, it looks like she's inside of a either a ship or a hangar or something. So I love this. Really cool. I love that we get Twi'leks all the time. Not only I, in an odd way, I'm going to say this. I'm mm. going to get a lot of grief from the guys for this, but mm. I'm going to say it. They're pretty hot, man. I oh. mean, we have Ula. Why do you think the guys are going to give you grief for that? Oh, because you know, with the porg, and you know, they're going to have think <laughs> I have some Ula, like Ula fetish or something. But that's all right. Um, <laughs> Because who who really doesn't? I mean, wow, green skin, beautiful alien. But look, Ala Sakura, one of the yeah. hottest Star Wars characters. 
And she was period. Blue. She was blue. She right? was blue. Oh yeah. Well, so so this young lady is or young Twilight is uh, purplish. She's, she's got a purple pink look yeah. to her. What I love about this though is her attitude. We get yeah. so I have ripped on the trilogy, the special editions. I have ripped on all the you know prequels and all the special effects that Lucas wants to throw in. He has done something that has irritated the shit out of me for all of this, and that's anytime he wants to add CG, he adds these little moments where everyone's winking or having a moment at the camera. Mm. What I love about this. It's not thrown in for that effect. It's her turning around, looking at the character, most likely the Mandalorian, and she gives this kind of tongue-in-cheek wink, like they're just a bunch of badasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is how I act with the Mandalorian. There's a lot of attitude here. A lot of attitude. Yeah, it's cool. And it doesn't feel like it's forced or fake or even set up for kids. This is, I if this is kid-friendly, I'm happy for it. But I love that she doesn't cater to that. Or Favreau doesn't cater to it. I this has nothing about it that feels kid friendly to me. It starts right off with you know stormtrooper heads Storm on sticks. <laughs> so it's like no. All right, let's continue play a little bit here. So we've got Storm, Death Troopers lined up. Let's pause it right there. Yeah. Um, let's just uh, just for a little play by play. We've got the Mandalorian walking out towards the desert. Classic back shot. Uh, very very spaghetti western. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, sort of a kind of dusk after just after good, the bad, and the ugly yeah, sort oh, yeah. of feel, right? Uh, and then we've the next shot is uh, a woman holding a what I think is a child, like protecting her in, yeah. in, 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 in some water. Then you've got the death troopers, the camera backing out and showing us a row of the elite, of, uh, the elite uh, black from uh, Rogue uniform One death troopers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then this shot is where I wanted to pause it with the the. Which clearly is the Mandalorian with the diamond shape on the on the right hand. Such a Western scene. Tapping his his gun as he's as he's about to, you know. Okay, can you draw? Not, can you not hear <laughs> the classic? Yes. Oh my God. Sorry, I can't whistle. This, I, all I'm seeing in this scene is him like flicking the leather strap over the gun, like unsnapping it, ready oh, to yeah. pull that out. The nice thing about this is we do see that yellow tipped glove from earlier. Right. Um, and you see the the blue diamond over the gauntlet. It, it looked green earlier, but here it's blue. It's yeah. very blue yeah. here. Mm -hmm. So it could be a variation. It could be a change. It could be a different Mandalorian warrior. It could be, or it could just be lighting. <laughs> yeah, it could be lighting. But what, what, that's what's fascinating about the speculation right now is we could yeah. see multiple characters. Yeah. I mean, I'm already on the speculation part that there could be a precursor to the Boba Fett armor based off of what we've seen in the EW release. Yeah. That's a color scheme that's very familiar to Star Wars fans. I'm excited about that. Let alone all this unbelievable dark imagery we're getting from this. Yeah. I, I agree. I I think I err on the side that it's it's lighting, but I'm with you. If there's more than one person or more than one Mandalorian we're dealing with here, I mean, what do you do with that? That's crazy. I think they've got enough material to just last forever oh, for on sure. the show. For sure. All right. Uh, Great imagery. Sun behind there. I'm not sure how that character is going to play out. Do you know? No. Yeah. I don't. He looks like he's wearing the armor just Let's without the helmet. Double back here so I can take a better look at that guy. All right, so this is uh, there he is. So look, look at—he's got the stormtrooper all black, yeah, the bodysuit underneath, and the armor, and yep. all of those are elite troopers around him. Yeah, it looks like he's got some rank insignias yep. up on his shoulder. 
he is definitely one of the guys that leads that that troop. Right. And I think, if I remember correctly, the Mandalorian series takes place just after return the end the destruction of the empire i think so i think it's after jedi after jedi so we definitely but we need see... to confirm that before we get off the show can you find that timeline yeah I need <laughs> let's to find make that sure. sure but you, we're gonna put our crack research team on it right now we're okay. gonna find out just to confirm but again speculation here yeah we did not see the end of the elite troopers from Rogue One, mm-hmm, where true. we had mentioned on the show, we thought that they were done, and that's why we never saw them again. But yeah. there's a chance that we are seeing the new versions Ooh, of those. Could this be the end of the Elite Troopers? The actual end. Yeah. The finally. Oh, wow. We haven't seen them. We have not seen the Elite Troopers in Episode 7 or 8, right? No. The black? No, I don't think so. Uniformed no. Troopers? Okay. No. All right, so uh, while you look that up, so this shot of The Mandalorian, there's just the visual imagery on this show, I got to hand it to them. If the whole show looks like this, home run. I know. I mean, it's amazing with the the sun setting uh, or the camera panning down so that you get the uh, Mandalorian in frame and the sun setting behind his head is just a bitchin' shot. Um, And then you've got the, uh, the announcement on November 12th. Then you've got some battle scenes. So there's somebody on the ground here um, with a, a ship or some sort of a some sort of a blast. I think it looks like a ship coming down um, in the foreground. You've got a great shot of what looks to be an Imperial speeder bike um, skimming along the surface of this desert environment. Really great shot. Okay, I'm going to even go out on a limb here. If if you were familiar with some of the expanded universe material. This looks like something from Shadows of the Empire. And I brought this up earlier with the guys. Um, this looks like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm losing track because I'm doing a ton of research real quick. Here. <laughs> um, there was a biker gang in oh, Shadows. Yeah, yeah. And this looks like they're put together <clears throat> speeder bikes that they were using. I'm trying to remember the yeah. names of them. Um, that would be super cool. Yeah, I remember those guys. I think the, the leader of that, game was, uh, that gang is called Griff. And I'm going to find that real quick, All right, look, we'll stick on the timeline. Timeline right now, everything I've found looks like it's being very vague. They say it could take place within the 30 years after Return of the Jedi before okay. Force Awakens. Okay, there you go. So we can, we got it right. Yeah. Then you've got, uh, and this is where we paused, you've got some robotic-looking legs that come up to a water environment and stop. Definitely. Again, a, another great CGI shot. ATST. Definitely an ATST. Really? It's got the same toes. Okay. It's got the same long giant scooping feet hmm. and uh, yeah where the bend is on those legs is where it goes up to the, the little two three seater okay inside so All i right. think we never see it we just see the feet no we do here it is right oh, here there it is there it is it could just be a variation of oh my god yeah, i didn't no, even see what look else that. look what's in that scene yeah so you what looks like um <laughs> it almost looks like a battlefield with um Are barbed they? wire fences and like those big like uh, steel X's that the Nazis had on like the beaches at Normandy. Dude, look That's what that looks like. Is that a body on one of the spikes right there? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my god, that dude, that looks amazing. And oh. yeah, you're right. That is an ATST shining down on. Yeah, the light coming on. Yeah, the light coming down, shining down on the battlefield. That's eerie, man. That is a great eerie shot. All right, does it show more? I thought it showed uh, it firing. I, it's such a quick shot, and we're looking at it in uh, like freeze frame mode here while we review. There's a little more clear yeah. shot, yeah. But it's, it's clearly that forest environment, 
And those, uh, boy, what are those things called? Those X's or whatever they are that prevent troop movement. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. All right, so we're going to play a little bit here, and uh, let's keep this going. This I've seen. Oh, and have I seen? Well, let's. I'm actually going to. Yeah, I want to back up here. So, so after the scene with the ATST, you got a, a flurry of battle scenes. Uh, someone carrying out a child uh, uh, away from the battle. Uh, you've got what looks to be that same city. Maybe it's Black Spire Outpost. Maybe it's not. But people, you know, running through the streets. You got the door of some establishment coming down with the Mandalorian and IG-88 making his first appearance. Appearance, um, and then this is the scene that I have an issue with. This is the Mandalorian ship. Uh, maybe this is like a unfinished shot, but to me, I mean, right here in, in standstill mode, it doesn't look too bad. To me, this CGI looked a little bit off to me. A little wonky. Yeah, so maybe they're just not done yet. It could be. It could be one of those where they wanted to see it in space, so they just threw a, an sure. incomplete, an incomplete shot out there. Yeah. Um, Something about the laser blast. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't... Oh, my God. I it, didn't even notice that ship in the background. So the ship shooting at it looks like a Z-95 Headhunter. Which good is pull. Which is a ship that was commonly used in one of the greatest... Legends trilogy, which is Heir to the Empire, um, and is also shown in the Heir to the Empire comic adaptation, and they actually it looks a lot like that. That's cool. That's a great. That's a pretty cool shot. Yeah, with the ship in the background firing on the Mandalorian ship. But I can see what you're saying. It Even, just looks a little bit off. Yeah, it looks yeah, like it needs a little refinement on yeah, that. Yeah. They can pull that off better. They have time. All right. Now, uh, actually, I think I'm going to back it up to there, and uh, let's let's let it roll just a little bit. This is going to be really tough to. So let's let's back it up a little bit. Let's go over this again because not just the space scene, but there's some other stuff. Right. So So right after the space scene, you've got a a, like a machine gun turret firing on some people at the top of the uh, of a structure. They're presumably in that same town area. Yeah. That same dwelling, and then you've got what fans really have loved this shot of IG-88 in the middle of a firefight, okay. spinning around and throwing his arms backwards and forwards while he shoots what looks to be a Stormtrooper uh, standard-issue rifle there. Now, I'm curious because I've heard mixed stuff about this. I've heard that this is not IG-88, that this is actually another IG droid, okay. which is IG-11. Okay. Uh, played, voiced by, uh, what's his name, Waikiki? Like Takiti Watata. Takiti Watata. I can't, <laughs> even, I can't even say that guy's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, but anyway, what I love about this, this is such a, uh, such a fan. Like, just they're feeding the fans right here. All of us old school fans that collected the original Kenner action figures, and I yeah. know I mentioned it before quickly on the show. One of the features on that action figure was always the articulation back in the day was very limited, but that action figure and even future ones up till present day have a very spinning mid torso joint. Mm. And this scene is something that I think we all did with these action figures back in the day is you had him with both guns in hand and he's just spinning around like some, you know, Japanese, uh, like, um, like, a, a, um, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm losing track of myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's amazing because uh, and the CGI here is the, you know back up to like primo. I yeah. mean, it's really cool how he spins around. And I was thinking as I'm watching this firefight, he doesn't give you a lot of target to hit. 
Because the IG droids are so small, yeah, it would be a, a formidable warrior if you're trying to shoot that thing. You know. By the way, the name of the uh, the wonderful director who we all know directed maybe the best yeah. of the Marvel films. Dave Dave supports this, Greg, right? Yeah. Is <laughs> oh Dave loves this. Yeah, he's lo- yeah. yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thank Ragnarok you, is. Uh, Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Sorry, Mr. Watiti. Apologize for that. We love your work. We do love your work. Come on our show anytime. Dave would love an autograph picture. <laughs> he would. Of Thor. Anyway, so th- so we don't know if this is IG-11 or IG-88. As, as far as I know, huh. the character's name is IG-11. Okay. So here's the catch on this. You said he's small. Thank he's actually very me. tall, but I see what you he's mean. Tall he's tall and thin. He's, he's very skinny, so he's... It's he's, like shooting at a moisture evaporator. Exactly, you know, it's which gonna is going to be funny. tough to hit. He's actually standing <laughs> right in front, in front of, of it, yeah. Um, so, wh- it's th- so what I was trying to get to before was the fact that he's doing this dual gun thing where he's spinning around right. like a pivot, very John Woo yes. style. Uh, With a two, two gun. Two yeah. guns drawn, but instead of holding back, because we'll see this a little bit later in this shot, he is just unleashing hell right here. Right. And it is a badass scene. It is, no doubt. All right, let's pick it up from here. Just a quick throwback. Oh. That was a swoop bike. Oh, is, swoop bike. Is okay. the, it was what it looks like, and it's the main leader's bike. It is very bulky and looks I like... I always it, call those speeder bikes. Right, but in the... In, in that series, in Shadows of the Empire, they are actually called a swoop gang, and those are swoop bikes, which are variations or or uh, uh, put together their own versions. Like basically, you take it in an old car and making it sure. into a hot rod. Okay, they call them swoop bikes. All right. Got it. Cool. All right, all right, let's play on. So this is a great shot. That <laughs> yes, because <laughs> we need to look at this really quick. This is clearly the Mandalorian surrounded by Imperial stormtroopers. And uh, you get that familiar, you know, like everyone's locked and loaded. Yeah, this, What's going to happen? Okay, this is the John Woo moment. This is the Tarantino moment from Reservoir Dogs. Multiple yes. stormtroopers, Mandalorians in the middle, and we have a total showdown. Who's going to flinch first? Everyone, guns drawn. Who's going to get hit? Uh, but let's point out something else. Here's another shot where he has the very colorful Boba Fett armor and not the silver blue look oh yeah you're right yeah so and then i mentioned this before boba fett also had a little bit of a yellowish and orange in his i forgot to mention and we said it before the glove tips have that color it's that dingy yellowish yeah, color that's right this really seriously this looks like something that's going to be adding a little boba fett lore to yeah. it it so is it my imagination, or is his armor more dinged up now than it was in the early scenes when we first see him? Definitely. It's almost like he was a brand new, you know, yeah. brand new born baby. That's <laughs> bounty what I'm hunter. saying. He's something's happening here. Yeah. We're we're seeing multiple shots from over a season, and not just one or two episodes yeah, here. Could be. Yeah. All right, so we got some dialogue coming up here. Let's uh, roll this. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> Don't you agree? Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? And there's a lot of shots in there that we've got to back up and talk about really quick here. Seriously, I can go hyperspace on this, this right this now. This part, <laughs> this part, this is where, I mean, you're seeing some iconic Star Wars imagery here. Yes. So you've got the Mandalorian engaged. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even see the guy behind. Okay. Which, so, so the Mandalorian is engaging in an in, a battle indoors. Looks like a bar. With some characters. And it, so this guy he's fighting with looks like the same race as the as Plo Koon, 
who is part of the Jedi Council. Mm. To me, doesn't that... I don't know what Plo Koon is, but that looks like Plo Koon to me. I can see that, but I actually think this is a vintage character right here. This is a classic character okay. called Squidhead. Oh, yeah. And he was uh, an action figure. Um, just... I don't think he's the same race or, or species as Plo Koon, but mm-hmm. I can see what you're saying because this guy's real gritty looking. Yeah. But, and Plo Koon has that sort of mask that he needs to breathe when he's not in the water. Yeah, he does you know? have that so, mask. And this guy doesn't really have that. Maybe it got you know knocked off during the fight. Who knows? We'll pull that up so I can see a comparison. You know, okay, that shot right there shows him. This one. That is definitely a yeah. squid head character right there. There he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. He's got those pointed almost and ear things. And the big things. tusks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is really cool. Oh, my God. This so we're is... going to move move uh, forward here a little bit again. More action with the Mandalorian. These scenes just look so dark and gritty and fantastic. Yeah. Then he uh, he shoots his, uh, what is that thing? The rope? Yes. thing with the steel thing on the end? Yeah. <laughs> what are those called? <laughs> Catapult? No, that's not it. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, now I'm drawing a blank. So lame. <laughs> uh, he shoots that thing and he capture he he locks into the guy's leg and pulls him back and just in the right moment closes the door on him. Now we don't see him get severed in two, but if you watch, it looks as if the door is closing in on him and it's going to cut him in two. Well, this is what I love about cool. this shot. So I, I couldn't think grappling of a, hook. a grappling hook. Thank God. Like a little lasso grappling hook yes. thing. Gets him around the leg, pulls him back through the doorway, which is one of those circular Star Wars closing doors. Right. And he shoots the door lock, which closes in on the bounty. And just, you know what happens right. here. This guy's in two pieces. Right. Um, Look at that giant yeah. bantha tusk on the side yeah. too. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, almost like a uh, like strung up on the wall, like it's a reward or yeah. you know. And it looks like there's a matching one. It looks like an entryway oh, yeah. trophy. That's right on the other side of the door. It's framing the door. This that's cool. The the set production on this is fantastic. And it's really it's, cool. It almost looks like a homemade like round entryway with these um, wood slats. Yes. Like two by sixes and two by eights making this round door. But then you've got the electronics over here on the left that are all wiring it shut. You know, it's, it's really cool, really great um, set design here. Yeah. I love that. It's an, a gritty off world bar. It feels like Moss Eisley Cantina. It's a different type of world, but you have the tech. So you have the blast door, which is the circular closing door that comes down, which right. cuts our bounty in half apparently. <laughs> but yeah, you do have that home world feel. I love that. You know one of the things I love about this show is that when we can't remember something, I always imagine the listeners like yelling into their speakers. I hope they are. Grappling hook. You know what? You idiots. Don't just yell at us. <laughs> Leave a message and yell at us. We want to hear your yelling. 5624554483. All right, let's play this a little bit more. Todd, I know you're out there. You listen to the show all the time. Yell at us, man. Send us a message. We would love to hear. Anybody now, else? Everybody. Apparently, carbon freezing is not um, just for Boba Fett, and it's not only done on the Death Star. Okay, this is something I've brought up with you, and this is my spoiler speculation. And, and really quick, this shot shows uh, what looks like four um, carbon frozen uh, captures. And, uh, and is that maybe another one? No, that is the Mandalorian walking away. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he's back there. Oh, is this the guy that he just caught that I thought was Plo Koon? It could be. It could be. Um, but yeah, so there's four of them standing straight up and down. And uh, maybe this is like sort of proof that um, Boba Fett knew that Han 
would likely survive the carbon freezing process. This is this is interesting. This is speculation, and this is my spoiler stuff. I feel that this show is going to have some huge revelations to the history of Boba Fett. Mm, okay. The Mandalorians are obvious, and Boba Fett's history with the Mandalorians, but I think this show is the biggest tie-in it's going to have, whether it's the first season, whether it's the entire series, is going to have some major connection to Fett. And with the color reveal of that outfit, I'm all over that. That's my theory. That's my speculation. What cemented it for me, excuse the pun, is this. Yeah. If there is nothing else connected in the Star Wars universe to Boba Fett, it's the fact that he uses carbon freezing to take his bounty to Jabba Jabba the Hutt. And that is this moment right here. This makes me feel like there is something going on with Fett. Yeah. You know, there may be something to that, Scott, because there was a whole series of books that by Karen Travis okay that recounted the history of the Mandalorians huh and when there was a big to do when Disney you know made all of the novels before uh, they they bought Lucasfilm made all of those basically removed them from the canon yes right and Karen Travis threw it kind of threw a fit because she wrote a bunch of books that were you know the history of the Mandalorians and Boba Fett and Disney was like oh well too bad you know you're no longer canon yeah and uh, so I wonder if this might be an opportunity for Disney not to make amends for that or anything but to to explore something that in in the Disney Lucasfilm canon really hasn't the history of Boba Fett that's interesting I that's that's an interest interesting way of putting it I I'm curious to see how that's going. I would like to see that. I'd like to get into those. I don't think I've read those books. Yeah. But I would like to see some of those history. I love the history that I know Disney's plotting out their own Star Wars universe. And I I respect them on one sense for that, but I also have a lot of like I don't want to say animosity, but I just have some some beef to pick with them on some cuz you have a beef with Disney? Shocker. I, I still can't like believe, a, I can't look, believe it. It's not that I hate them. I don't hate them. I, no. I respect a lot of stuff that they do, but I some of the methods and the ways they've gone about things mm. and we've discussed this obviously with the James Gunn issue but I feel that they're doing this on purpose because it gives them a, a clean slate and it's also letting them nitpick anything they want fine pick whatever they want to pull out of these things they've mm. done it with Thrawn they've done it with other little moments here and there obviously with the kids in The Force Awakens mm. so there is something that they have an opportunity to it's still their property so they can take whatever they want and make it however they want right and so another way to say that same thing is that it's this is corporate greed that they're like look all this (laughs) pre-2012 stuff forget about that we're gonna give you the actual canon i know and so oh you're baiting me aren't you we're gonna actually (laughs) and and we're not gonna give it to you we're gonna make it available to you and all you need to do is buy this next book watch this next movie i know so we we've been through this previously on the show but i mean depending on your it all depends on your point of view right yeah i know as obi-wan would say as obi-wan would say (laughs) i'm I'm like looking around seeing if greg and dave and and nico are not here okay because the porg is here I could agree with that. Pork is very quiet today. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make your brand sell. Yeah. But but they bought that brand and they own the rights to all of that stuff, which still makes money. Yeah. Just probably not Disney money. Well, and they also have a continuity issue. I know. Right? I, I, so they I, want to take things the way that they want to take it. And having to retcon 
25,000 Star Wars books and videos and, you know, art that's been done in the past, that's that's a tall order. So why not just start with a clean slate? Well, you know, I've already brought up some of the non-canon material on this episode. And we're yeah, going to talk about right. some more in the next upcoming episodes because I brought up some stuff that we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker also. I'm kind of giving a little tease to the next stuff. I hope you don't mind here. But there are some new developments that I kind of presented to you guys online that I think might be pulling some shadows of the Empire stuff. Love it. Which just happens to be something in this trailer too. Alright, let's wrap this up here. Let's do it. Last couple of scenes. Don't you agree? Actually, that's it. You got the Mandalorian turning around and facing his master or whoever that was one last time. Do you... So, do we know who that character is? Have they I, talked about I him at don't, all? I don't know. If they have, I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, very few clues out there about the Mandalorian and plot lines and characters and such. Well, I love that. I love that it's still a mystery, and I, I love that we're going to be surprised when the show airs. However, seeing that main character and literally d- delivering the only line of dialogue in this trailer, right? Um, I'm curious to see where he fits in all of this. Is he a boss? Is he somebody? Is that Werner Herzog? That delivers the line? My goodness, I don't even know what he looks I've like I've already closed anymore. the window. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I would... I'll, you know, that's something to but look just up. just judging by the accent and the look, and he's about the same age as Warner. Let's so. let's do a follow-up on that. I'll do a little research okay. on that in our next full episode. Right. Sounds good. We can wrap whatever up, you know, with this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can finally put away the action figures, which <laughs> I brought for the show today. Oh, yeah, so we'll have a picture of... Uh, we've got... So describe who these guys are. I... Well, for our listening audience, since this is a yeah. audio show. Real quickly, I just brought in for, in honor of the Mandalorian trailer breakdown, I brought a 1996 Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and then I brought a, a more modern version of IG-88, even though we don't have the actual Mandalorian and IG-88 in the trailer. They're close enough, and I thought it would be fun to have them here. Now, is, did you get this IG-88 recently? Like, this is a recent purchase? Within the last... Okay. Eight years, I would say. Oh, okay. He's, but because this thing, ha- this thing has at least, yeah, the, the know, last at least 10? ten or twelve points of articulation. This thing is a really, yeah, uh, detailed. So just real quick, uh, Hasbro, mold. who bought Kenner, uh, has done a bang up job with some of their vintage line collection. I think yeah. this IG eighty eight was from the vintage line. Right. Um, they have done massive points of articulation. Uh, improvements in sculpt and detail and I just love some of the stuff that's out there and them bringing it back over the last year or two uh, with some of the new movies and some of the older characters mixed in it's just it's a fantastic line for collectors out there it's super cool and the uh, the Boba Fett that you can tell it's from the 90s because he's kind of buffed out (laughs) he's like rocked up he is the second (laughs) version the first version so this is actually a Shadows of the Empire Boba Fett uh, because he plays a big part in that series um, and the way you can tell is it happens right after Empire Strikes Back. There's less color on his armor. He gets more colorful in Return of the Jedi. And up. But you can tell he's more uh, subdued and uh, monotone. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Such a cool design. Amazing. All right, that does it for this episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Uh, we will be back on with another episode proper in um, the middle of September. Yeah. Around the 19th, I think, is the release date for that show. So stay tuned for that. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in with us on a Sunday, and thanks for coming by, Scott. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. We'll see you soon.